Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. It's been a while since we've had one, and I, I feel like I was having a hard time describing what First Wednesdays were about. And whatever that just was, that's what First Wednesdays are about. Um, I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you for coming. And uh, just uh, just feels like such a privilege whenever we get to gather together. That um, there's something powerful about believers coming together and um, uh, being the church together. And um, we're going to have a good night tonight. Do you feel um, we can be just we can be honest? Um, it's Wednesday night. There's not that many people on the live stream. We can be honest. Um, <laughs> do you feel like God hears your prayers? Okay, good. <laughs> you ever feel like He doesn't hear them though? You ever feel like you're maybe praying wrong? I uh, have heard this often. People are, sometimes interns will come through our intern program and I'll ask them, why don't you pray before class? And uh, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to pray wrong. (laughs) And I, I, uh, or do you ever feel like you're praying something and then God like is like, uh, pranking you and doing the opposite of what you're asking for. Um, sometimes prayer can be frustrating. Sometimes we just forget to pray. Um, and it becomes like almost like a spare tire. It's like, I've tried everything else. Maybe a, maybe a quick prayer will do it. Maybe if I just try one of those, toss one of those up, You know, a couple seconds left in the game. Might as well try praying. Prayer is an invitation to God to join us in whatever's happening in our lives. And it's actually an invitation to the supernatural um, for us to be like, okay, I've tried this on my own in the natural. I need something more. I'm inviting the supernatural to come and join me in whatever I'm praying for. But it's also a way that we give God glory for what has gone right. And we give God glory just simply for who he is. We're often frustrated in our lives. I find I'm I'm frustrated and then uh, I stop and look back and realize I'm frustrated because I haven't been praying. I haven't been asking God to join me in the journey that I've been on. We're trying to do too much on our own strength. But prayer is the single most important thing that we can do if we want the kingdom of God in our lives. If you're not praying, you are wasting your time. I want to give you four types of prayer that maybe you've heard in Sunday school before. I learned them from one of my favorite Bible teachers named Dr. David Campbell, who will be with us next month. And uh, he's just an incredible uh, theologian. And he breaks prayer into, I don't even think he came up with these. Somebody else did, but that's okay. We'll give him credit. Um, it's who I stole it from, so that's who gets credit. 
Um, he has to give credit to whoever he stole it from. But uh, prayer, we can break down into four types. And if, if you're forgetting of these, just think of the book of Acts. Acts, A-C-T-S. There's prayers of A, adoration. So kind of what we just sang and prayed. We're just praying to God for just who he is. Like, God, you're just so incredible. You're holy. You're creator. You're the father. I adore you. There's prayers of adoration. Then there's prayers of confession. And sometimes we just need to tell God. um, I need a cough. I'm going to mute my mic for a second. Sorry, guys. Uh, But uh, it's a little dry in here. My bad. So adoration, A. C, prayers of confession. Um, You know, we just need to tell God what's going on in our lives. Maybe things have been heavy. Maybe we've done something wrong. And we just need to confess. We just, it, it's, there's a healing in that. Um, that's in James 5.16. There's a healing in confession. So we confess to someone or and we confess to God. Um, and, and so there's prayers of confession, prayers of thanksgiving. God has answered prayer. We pray, God, thank you. Or, or you know, that something as we're just so thankful for the way life is going, so thankful for a situation that went our way. There's prayers of thanksgiving. So a, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and S, probably the most common prayer is a prayer of supplication. Um, so we're asking God, God, come in, be a part of what I'm going through, um, and, and I need you to intervene. We're inviting the supernatural to come and be part of our struggle or whatever we're going through, or we just need um, maybe comfort. And so we're asking, we're just interceding, God, would you come? So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, acts. Can we say those together? One, two, three, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And here is the confidence that we can pray from. In John chapter 14, 13 and 14, says this, whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Throughout uh, John chapter 14 through 16, Jesus six times says, so he's not just, we're not just building theology on this one verse, six times through these um, 14 to 16, Jesus says, he will give us what we ask in his name. So Jesus is saying, whatever you ask in my name, this I'll do, I'm gonna do it. So Jesus says that. And then in John, 1 John, he writes, so, so he writes 60 years after this is written, John writes this, I write you these things in 1 John 5, I write you these things to you who believe in the name of Jesus, uh, sorry, in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence we can have towards him. This is the confidence we can have towards him. I love this. Uh, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Jesus said, whatever you ask. Do you know what whatever means in the Greek? You know what whatever means? You know what the translation of this is? Whatever. It's, it's just as it's written. It's, it's the broadest range of things that could possibly happen. 
It's, we can't translate our way out of this. Or Joel, Jesus, he only, say, you know, he only says this and that, the Greek meaning of, no, in the Greek, whatever means whatever, the, the most broadest range of things that could happen. There's nothing outside the scope of prayer. And so if it feels silly to pray for little things, that's okay, all right? It's, it's, you gotta just get over that because Jesus gave us an invitation. We can pray for whatever. And in first. Uh, sorry, and in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, it says, don't worry about anything. And how many people know we go through seasons where it feels like we're worrying about everything? But in Philippians, it says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, or many translations would say supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pray about everything. When he says guard, um, or some versions say keep, it's like, uh, like an army building a fortress around you. And Jesus says, whatever you ask. So I wanna ask you tonight, are you asking God for things? Are you praying and asking God and believing that God will do something? If we're gonna pray, we need to ask. We gotta ask. Matthew 5, 7 to 7, Jesus said these words, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He's saying, come, pursue me. Ask, keep asking. Seek, you will find. Knock until your knuckles bleed. Keep knocking. Through prayer, God opens doors. And it's much easier to go through a door that God opens than to open one on your own. Come on, how many people have tried to open a door without praying and asking God to be a part of it? I know I sure have. It's a mess. It's a nightmare. People in the church write emails about it. Stop doing this. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. I was trying to do something on my own. And we don't ever get to a place where we can just say, oh, good, I've asked enough, and now I don't have to ask anymore. What's Paul say in 1 Thessalonians 5, 7? Keep praying everything. Keep, keep asking. Pray without ceasing. That it's not that we just 24-7 pray, and we lose our voice, and you know, it's like me screaming at my kids all weekend. You know, I lose my voice by the end of it. No, he's not saying that. He's saying uh, that that's our response to everything. Pray in everything. Just keep praying, praying, praying. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. This is our part in all of this. In prayer, asking is our part. And then doing is God's part. And, and so often we just try and we get, we get frustrated, we get impatient, we get annoyed. And what do we try and do? We try and do it on our own. We try and open doors on our own. We try and answer the prayer ourselves. Okay, God, if, if you won't answer my prayer for a new car, I'm just going to finance it myself. You know, whatever. It's, it's, it's always the temptation for me anyway. It's always breaking down. Um, and, and, and so we, we try and do things on our own. Not that financing cars, there's anything wrong with that. I just what came to mind in the moment. Um, but asking is our part and doing is God's part. There's a, there was this guy named John Wimber. Have you ever heard of John Wimber? Um, he was kind of in charismatic movements and, and uh, whatever, um, but he had a great healing ministry. And he often tells a story that um, he was counting how many times he prayed for people to be healed and they didn't get healed. And before the first person ever got healed, 
uh, from him praying over people. He had estimated um, that he'd prayed for over a thousand people before anyone got healed. He knew it wasn't his job to heal them. It was his job to keep asking God and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking because he knew he didn't build his theology on experience. He built his theology on the word of God. And if God tells him to keep asking, he's going to keep asking. He's going to keep praying. And even if people aren't getting healed, he's going to keep doing it. He's going to keep doing it. He's going to keep doing it. And he estimated that he prayed for at least a thousand people before anyone got healed. And then he had a great healing ministry after that. You cannot underestimate the importance of your asking. And here's what I've noticed is that as we pray, as we ask God, as we continue to ask him, asking draws us near to him. We want to be near to him. Present your request to God. And then what happens? The peace of God. It almost feels silly, right? It's like, why do I feel good? Well, that's the peace of God. I don't have any answers. Yeah, but it's the peace of God. It surpasses all understanding. It guards you. It builds a little fortress around you. And then what happens if we stop praying? We start to tear down the fortress ourselves, don't we? And it's like, why, am I, why, why do I not have the promises of God? Why don't I have any peace? Why can't I sleep at night? Well, you stop praying. You stop presenting your requests to God. You kept presenting them to yourself. And so the peace of God couldn't surround you, couldn't surpass all understanding. It couldn't guard you. It couldn't build the fortress around you. The peace of God is the most price, priceless possession in the world. The only way to get the peace of God is to pray yourself into it. You can't acquire it any other way. You can't purchase it. You cannot tithe your way into the peace of God. You cannot serve your way into the peace of God. If I just would run this camera until my knuckles bleed, <laughs> I get that peace. No, you got to pray your way into it. Though I'm very thankful you guys are running the camera tonight. Though the last time I watched it, I didn't like how you guys made me look. I'll be honest. <laughs> So if we could get the filter changed, I, it's, it can't be me, it's you. Um, but asking releases the answer. We need to ask and believe that he'll deliver. As I wrote this message this week, I went home last night and uh, I'm, I'm not trying to paint myself as a hero here, okay? But I, uh, my wife went out and I did bedtime alone. And uh, she, stop it, stop. She does this all the time. She does this all the time. She's doing it right now. Um, but last night, it was my turn. My wife get, got to go out and have some fun. And bedtime was dad's job. And so I was alone for bedtime. And I was sitting there and we were eating dinner together. And um, I was looking at the clock going, okay, the countdown, I know she's going to leave in about 10 minutes and then it's all up to me. And um, I could feel the, the stress starting to build. Um, I have young children. Bedtime is not normally a treat in my home. Um, and so as I'm sitting there going, she's going to leave in 10 minutes, kind of mentally preparing myself, I look over and I see our, our kitchen cabinets uh, right beside our table. And I had noticed that um, one of my children had colored on all of them with pen during the day while I was away at work. And so I'm like, okay, that's something I'm going to need to deal with after. That's okay. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to figure this out. And, and uh, 
And then usually on the weekends, I usually spend pretty much all day Friday cleaning up from the war zone. That was the week. And uh, I'd, so I'd, I'd clean this weekend a little bit extra. Friday and Saturday, I really cleaned that house, got it perfect. And I started to sort of look around and notice that, wow, there's a lot of bad stuff happening around this home that I'm going to have to deal with. And they, the kids had entirely undone all my work from the weekend. And so um, I'm mentally preparing myself, looking around, going, I'm going to put these kids to bed. And then I got like two to three hours of cleaning to do, and I got to deal with this pen situation. And I started to get a little bit stressed, and I noticed that, our, that my wife, had, at this point, had just left the house, and I noticed that our baby, her diaper was quite soggy. It was time to change it. It was this nasty thing. And so I was like, okay, I got to change this diaper. And I was starting to feel the stress. I was starting to feel the pressure. And uh, I, I, so I go upstairs. I, I go to change her. And as I'm going to change her, my three-year-old's like, Dad, I need a tub now. I want to be in the tub now. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm going to put her in the tub. I'm going to change this diaper. Everything's going to be fine. And I can feel the stress. It's coming up. They're starting to get to me already. And so I'm like, I'm in the middle of writing a message about prayer. I'm going to do the good pastorly thing here, and I'm going to pray. And so I, I stop. I put the baby aside. I get the three-year-old in the tub, and I, I just I, I pray, God, I need you to be with me tonight. And I, I, I just take a moment, and I, I'm like, God, I want two things. I need patience for these kids. I need, I need a Holy Spirit patience tonight, and I need self-control. God, give me those two things so that I don't lose it tonight, okay? I can feel that it's going to be a doozy. Just be with me. And so as the prayer finishes, in about, within about 30 seconds, as I'm going to change the baby's diaper, I hear from the bathroom, Dad, I pooped my three-year-old in the tub. And so I'm like, okay, here we go, God. And, and I, I go into the tub, and did she ever? I'm telling you, it looked like uh, my mom's beef stew that she would make uh, growing up. So, so I'm like, okay, I, I gotta, I'm still trying to change. I'm still trying to change this baby's diaper. I get the three-year-old. I'm like, okay, I got this. I take the three-year-old. I pull her out of there. I go to the other bathtub in my bedroom. I get her set up. I clean her all up. She's got it all over the place. I get her all cleaned up. I start a new tub for her. I get her in the tub and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it together. And I, I give my baby to my five-year-old. I say, watch, watch Clover. I got to deal with Navy. So I'm getting Navy cleaned up. It's loud in the bathroom because the tub's running. I'm getting her cleaned up. Everything's all good. Well, I come out from finally getting her cleaned up and I'm like, where's the baby? Where's Brixton? And Brixton, in his infinite wisdom, put the baby in a plastic laundry bin. And the, on the bottom of the plastic laundry bin, you know how like sometimes the finish of them is a little bit rough and has like, I don't know, some spots from the plastic mold or whatever? Brixton had decided that it was a boat and he was going to drag her around the top floor of the home in said boat all over our new hardwood floors in our new house and he had scratched from my bedroom all the way down the hallway to his room, there and back about at least four or five times while I was dealing with the three-year-old in the tub. I wish it ended here. And, <laughs> and so I still haven't changed the baby's diaper. Still getting to that. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, dear Lord, this is, this is wild. But the whole time I'm keeping it cool. God's given me patience and self-control. And, and so I, I, I take the baby out. I get Navy to bed, the three-year-old out of the tub. I get her to bed. 
I get my, I get her, finally get her diaper changed. I get my five-year-old into bed. Finally, I think this is all wrapping up. This is great. And I have my baby and me on the bed going to put Brixton to sleep. And Brixton has a little plant on his night table. And the baby decides to crawl up while she's waiting for Brixton to get changed, take the plant, pull the plant out of its pot, and dump dirt all over Brixton's bed. <laughs> and I, so I, I, anyways, I deal with that. I get the, I get the plant back. I'm, and the whole time, self-control, patience the whole time. I put them back. And, and finally, I'm like, this is going to be done. And I start to read Brixton, his favorite book. We're reading. He's just about to fall asleep, reading his favorite book. And as we're reading his favorite book, my sweet little 10-month-old baby climbs up onto us, grabs the book, and rips it in half. And, and, and that is the end of bedtime last night. I eventually got them all down. And I do feel like God was like, you want patience and self-control? Here you go. I know you're going to need it tonight. And... Uh, I say all of that to say, God will answer your prayers. <laughs> but you got to ask. Sometimes people say, uh, how do you do this pastor thing? It's so hard. Um, this is significantly easier than bedtime in my home. Uh, and so thank you for being here tonight. Uh, we'll have another one tomorrow night. Um, no. Um, but Jesus says, this I will do. That's the authority he has for you and I. This, this is what I'm going to do. And John says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So we got to ask him. We got to ask him. And then once we've asked, we have to align. We got to align ourselves. Make sure that as we ask, that we're in the will of God. That that's a desire of our heart is to align ourselves with the will of God. We must pray and ask things of him, but we also must align our will with God's will because we can't just run around praying for our will all the time because we make mistakes. We get off course and only prayers that are aligned with the will of God will be answered. So you go home tonight, pray, God, Make my boss sick. I was at church way too late. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I'll make him sick or something. That's not how it works. God doesn't want your boss to be sick. So we got to pray prayers that are in alignment with the will of God. Whatever, Jesus said this, whatever you ask in my name, aligned with me, a prayer aligned with the will of God will be answered. We want our prayers to be answered, don't we? And so we want to make sure that as we ask him, we also align. We also go, God, I want my will and your will to match up. I don't want to run around doing silly things or, or coming up with all these weird things all the time. I want you to fill my heart and I want my, my prayers to be aligned with the will of God. And, and, he, and the Bible says, come in Jesus' name or come under his authority in submission to his lordship. Oh, it's just a beautiful thing when you submit to his lordship, or, or another way of saying it is um, in the ownership of Jesus. You all have, once you accept Jesus, you have the seal of God. You don't have to be scared of no mark of the beast coming for you. It's never coming from you, for you. You have the seal of God. You belong to God. No mark of the beast is ever gonna touch you. It's like the registration on a vehicle. It's like you, you get pulled over. They wanna see who does this vehicle belong to? 
And any demonic presence trying to pull you over has to submit to the ownership on your life. It's a license and registration. I have the seal of God on me. You cannot dwell in this being, sorry, and you're going to have to move on to somebody else. You belong to God. So we can come in the name of Jesus. We align. So how do we align with the word of God? Something that's so important is that it's just a simple, uh, uh, a simple reminder is the Lord's Prayer. You know that the Lord's Prayer, and I can't remember the Greek word for it, the Lord's Prayer is a declaration, but it's also, it's got a two-part thing. And maybe there's a, a better theologian here that could explain this. But that there's a, it's a declaration, but it's also an application. So it's a command for us as well. Okay, so a declaration. So when we look at the Lord's Prayer, it's like, holy is your name. Yes, holy is God's name. But we're also declaring, let your name be holy in me. So I want to align with the word of God. Understand he's holy. He's set apart. He's different. And that there's times, there's things that we might not fully understand. But holy is your name. I'm declaring that and I'm applying that. Understanding that God is holy. And two, let your kingdom come. So we pray the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come. So we're praying that two ways. Yes, God, let your kingdom come. We want the final day to come when you rule and reign, but we also want more of your kingdom power in our lives. It's a command for us. Let your kingdom come. Actually, growing up, uh, I was always, I think it was just some early dispensational theology that got in my heart. I was always uh, terrified, terrified of the end times. So scary to me. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was just our, our, our uh, children's church Workers at the time, thank God they moved on um, since now. Um, but don't worry, we have better ones over there tonight. And I would hear people talk about it, the end times, and it bothered me. We had Whitney George in a few years ago. He talked about this too. I thought, oh my gosh, that's the same thing that I had, that I was scared of is because the children's teachers would, we'd have this junky worship music, and then they would say, heaven's going to be just like this. Oh my gosh, that's, that, no, no. I was always scared of the end times. But the, 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 the thing that people get wrong and the dispensational theology gets wrong is that at, when Jesus comes back, we're not the ones who get raptured. That we're not the ones who get pulled away. That Jesus, he'll come back and he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth and it's going to be perfect. And there's, no, there's going to be no fall from that. We, we have the seal of God. We belong to him. And he's everything that we love about the earth is going to continue. And so heaven's going to be a great place. But when we, when we pray, don't get me started on dispensational theology. So many nights, uh, lost sleep over the Left Behind movies. Kirk Cameron, you little bugger. Okay. Um, but when we pray your kingdom come, it's, it's, it's that we want more kingdom power in our life. We also want Jesus to rule and reign. And so when we say your kingdom come, when we pray that, it's completely useless to pray your kingdom come if you're not committed to being the answer to it. Completely useless. Say, God, your kingdom come as long as somebody else does it. God, your kingdom come as long as I don't have to give any money towards it. As long as I don't have to serve on those teams, they get up so early. Your kingdom come. Let the young people do it though. Your kingdom come. Let, let the church bring in a, a pastor that I enjoy. You know, let the church bring in a guest speaker that, oh, your kingdom will come, make me feel better. 
Let the church bring in a, a prayer warrior, some great evangelist. Let your kingdom come through them. No, it's just religious hypocrisy to pray that and, and not be willing to do anything about it. Kingdom come starts with me. As we pray, we got to ask, ask ourselves, what are you calling me to do? How can I make your kingdom come? What are you going to do through me? God, what is your kingdom mandate for me today? How does God want to use you today? All too often, it's an expectation of what somebody that's maybe more spiritual than us could do. But really, it's your kingdom come in my life. Your life is submitted to his kingdom. It's going to come through you first. And then in other people's lives, your kingdoms come around other people as well. And so your kingdom come in me and your kingdom come in others too, God. We want those things. Every one of us has a kingdom calling in our lives. And as we align to the word of God, let's pray that we would have a hunger to see his kingdom come in our lives as well as we continue to align to his word. And then what's the next line in the Lord's prayer? Your will be done. Your will be done. God will bring you into alignment with his will. We wanna pray that the end goal is that thy will be done, not my will, thy will. And thy will be done is a dangerous prayer because it requires you to do something. And it's a good thing. It's, man, it's so fun to be a part of what God is doing. It's so fun to be just in, in the trenches working alongside people who love God, who just believe he's gonna do incredible things in, in our world and, and who are a part of making that happen. So we can only ask what is in the will of God. So we want to be aligned with his will. So we ask, we align, and then we adjust. Sometimes as we pray, we realize I might need to adjust. I might need to adjust some of what I'm doing. I might need to adjust um, some of what the way I'm thinking. Prayer releases the power of God into the things we do for God. And so I don't want to run around just doing stuff for God. I'm ah, trying to figure it out all the time. I actually want to invite him into what I'm doing. And, and that might mean that as, as we invite him in, as we pray that his, his will would be done, his presence would be with us, that we might actually adjust some of the things we do because it's not bringing glory to God. Even though we thought it might be doing something for God. We, we might even have to just slow down all of what we're doing and, and, and say, I, maybe I just need to do this one thing for God. My doing must be submitted. It can't just be for me. It can't just be because it's fun. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll start to do all sorts of things, but we won't accomplish anything for God. Have you ever, have you ever done something? That, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but man, I've made this mistake often. So, I don't want to say often, but it, it happens that, you know, we start, yeah, this is a good idea. And we, we, we think it's a good idea because we're excited about it because it goes along with our bias, because our friends are doing it, because, you know, it's, oh, it seems like a good idea. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, we won't really accomplish much. And prayer can reveal that things we think we're doing for God are not actually for God. They're not what God wants us to do at all. And I think, and, and C.S. Lewis talks about this a little bit in Screw Tape Letters is that the enemy would love you to think that you got to do a bunch of stuff for the will of God to happen. But I think often we just have to get back to, to asking. Let's just adjust, okay? Let's slow down a little. Let's get back to asking. Our greatest task is not to do. It's actually to ask. 
Our job is to ask. I'll I'll tell you one more story about my son. Um, We, he's, my wife was in Walmart with him the other day and um, he's looking at all this stuff in Walmart. Oh, I want this toy. I want that toy. Oh, it's so amazing. And, And he's just so excited about all this, all this stuff in Walmart. And so my wife told him, we'll take a picture of it and we'll put it on the Christmas list. And so now his favorite thing, whenever he sees something, is he says, send it to Christmas. <laughs> so he'll, he'll, he'll go on my phone. He'll see like a sponsored ad or something for something. He'll be like, oh, I saw this baby Yoda mug. Dad, send that to Christmas. We'll be walking around somewhere. He'll be, Dad, send that to Christmas. And you know what? Sometimes I understand that he's going to ask for things that are not within what my will for his life is, and I'm not going to get him for them. Like if he asked me for a chainsaw, no, I'm not going to be sending that to Christmas. <laughs> But you know what? I love his posture. I would rather my son ask and me have to help him adjust than him not expect anything all from me. And I think that sometimes maybe we prayed prayers and we just need to keep praying them. Maybe we've asked God for stuff. It hasn't happened. And, and, and maybe it was out of the will of God. But that's not, it's not always for us to figure out. Our job, send it to Christmas, baby. Keep asking. Keep, keep expecting God. Keep, keep, you know, come to God with a posture that, God, you want to bless me. You want to take care of me. You want to heal me. This sickness is not from you. God, you, you want your glory to come in my life. So I want to pray. Let the glory be God done through me. Come in my life. God, I'm just expecting more from you. I would rather him keep asking me than he have no expectation of me. So how do we know? How do we know how to adjust that kind of thing? Well, the goal of all prayer is what? To bring glory to God, not to bring glory to us. We just want to keep bringing glory to God. And Philippians 3, Paul, he's sort of, um, he writes this sort of uh, illusion or like he's, he's writing in a way that back in the day, there was like these, this pole that they would put up because in the Olympics, they wouldn't uh, know, they wouldn't have all the barricades we have today for running a marathon. And so they'd put this pole up of where to run the marathon, you have to get to this pole at the end of the marathon. And uh, he says, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me, straining forward towards what is ahead. He's, He's talking about running. He says, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Man, I, want, I just want the glory to God to come in my life. Just running towards that. Where's that pole? Where's that? How do I get the, I just want the glory to God, of God to come. So all my prayers are based from that. I want the glory to God. I, I don't want to get my way all the time. I don't, I don't want people who've offended me to get hurt. I, I, I don't want this and that to happen how I want it to happen. I just want the glory of God to come. That's, 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 I'm running towards that pole going, God, I just want your glory, your glory, your glory. I love this. And one of my favorite commentaries that I often read says the goal of answered prayers is to bring the glory of the Father. Sorry, the glory to the Father. Bring glory to the Father. Wow, just butchering that one. Um, let's start again. The goal of answered prayers is to bring glory to the Father. Also, bearing fruit glorifies the Father. On our own, we're not going to accomplish much. And our task is, is not always to do, it's to ask. We know that God can accomplish things. 
that God can draw people to himself. Asking is our part. Doing is God's part. And sometimes we get frustrated with him. Sometimes we say, God, ah, come on. Would you do it? And what's, what's Jesus say? Whatever you ask in my name, this I'll do. Ask it in my name. I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in the name of Jesus, I will do it. That's the faith that we should come with. And we, when we ask God for stuff, when we think about a prayer of supplication, prayer of asking God to come and intercede and be part of what's going on in our lives, that we just come with a faith that said, says God's gonna do it. Pray with the will and the glory of God in mind. I just, I just felt like there were some people here tonight that you asked, you asked maybe a hundred times. And you just felt like God hasn't done anything. You just keep asking and you keep asking. And you, and you stopped asking because you just feel like, I'm tired of this. You know, when I, when I, when I uh, kind of turned my back on God when I was a teenager, 18 years old, um, my parents tried to do some stuff, try and get me back, try and win me over. Um, and then they kind of stopped doing and just started asking God. And every Friday for about a year, I've been getting my facts wrong on some stories lately. So um, every Friday for about a year, they fasted and prayed that God would bring me back. Do you know that it wasn't some spectacular thing that they did or bought from me? It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me in a moment, doing what only the Holy Spirit could do that brought me back home. But what did they have to do? Be faithful for a year straight. Ask, 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 knowing that it's all about not getting their way, but that the glory of God would take place and come and, and be in my life. And you know what? That's the way we motivate God. We motivate God by praying prayers that are all about His will and His glory. That's how we get a hold of God's heart to answer our prayers. Praying prayers that are not about, oh, I just want to get my own way all the time, but I just want to bring glory to God. God, I want, we don't want to give up on asking from you. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.